times of old, hear our incantation. Deliver thus our invitation. We call forth the covenant witches of the forests, the banished, the exiled, the disenfranchised witches who dwell in caves. Welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy. I got a couple crystals, Shepard, and this is... Mitchell Manley, purveyor of the dark arts. <laughs> I don't know if it's the technical issues or if you really did drop down that low. Did you drop down low? I, I think it's a little <laughs> bit of both. Yeah, I, I did get a little low on that one. I sound like a chipmunk and you sound the opposite. This is magic. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what sort of weird technical issue we're having but you do sound like a chipmunk in my ears right now i'm gonna try not to laugh every time you talk but hopefully it'll all come out on your yeah, end yeah but you also sound like now you're a dark lord oh yeah see I, i'm not still leaning into the deep voice thing so if you hear it <laughs> this is great i love this so much um so i guess this is probably because of our theme which is i guess magic mysticisms and the occult right mitchell yeah, that's right. I, I've been watching a bunch of weird, uh, you know, witchy, spooky movies and, you know, lots of magic and occult and weird witches doing stuff. So that's kind of been in the back of my head. So I figured if we haven't done a, an occult mysticism magic episode, we should go ahead and knock that out. And we got a really great response. Yeah. And I, um, I think I've told you that I watched Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, the series on Netflix, right? And it is, right. it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I love creepy, cute stuff. And so that kind of falls into the creepy, cute stuff because, of course, Sabrina is like adorable, but it's also super, super creepy and lots of gore. And I love it. And um, there's a couple of artists that I follow that make like really creepy, cute things. And I just... I love, like, some soft Satanism sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into that soft Satanism. Yeah, it's just a touch of the Satanism, but lots of, like... Just some light Satanism. Yeah, and some marshmallows. Yeah, just, like, diet Satanism. Just <laughs> diet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what song did you bring to this not-so-diet Satanism episode? I'm going to start us with Electric Wizard and their song, Electric Wizard. This is the song Electric Wizard by the band Electric Wizard off their debut album, Electric Wizard. 
they're a super seminal stoner rock and doom metal band, one of the pioneers of the whole tune low, play slow thing. Uh, tons of their lyrics have the magical, mystical, mysterious occult themes about devil worship and sacrifices and witches. Uh, this one's about a group of buddies who are just sitting around bored and a dragon descends from the sky carrying a wizard on its back. And the wizard like steals them away and takes them on a dragon ride through time and space. And the whole song just keeps this like steady chug getting heavier and heavier until everything kind of drops out real chill and quiet. And they build up this moment where they're seeing stars and galaxies pass them by and they're just having their minds blown by what they're seeing. And at the pinnacle of, of this moment, as they're waiting for the wizard to speak some words of wisdom to blow their mind, the singer says, the wizard turned to us and this is what he said. And then it just goes into an epic guitar solo. <laughs> so, so we find out that the wizard speaks in epic bluesy guitar leads, and that just makes me crack up. It's just so self-indulgent, but also just a badass little story to close out their debut record. Uh, a lot of Electric Wizard can get a little redundant, but this album will always have a special place in my heart. I am going to admit that I was literally going to say, as a joke, is this song Electric Wizard by electric wizard from the album electric wizard but you you caught me before then and i i can't believe i can't believe they actually did that and i'm pretty sure that's a simpsons joke as well it's gotta be um to me it, it sounds super heavy and like it just chugs so consistently along like you're like you have to go forward with the song and there's enough variation in the arrangement that while you're chugging along it doesn't get boring and it gives me that like dude in a t-shirt cut into a tank top with a gnarly wizard on it who also drives a wizard van like it gives me that guy's vibe totally it's the Hobbit. So you're talking about me, I think. Yeah, it's like the Hobbit, but with like dudes hanging out and getting stoned. So like the Hobbit. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> like the Hobbit. So this is really just a Tolkien's Hobbit, because um, they're all getting stoned and uh, you know following wizards to undisclosed yep. locations. It's a bad idea, actually. Y'all really shouldn't do that. Don't do that. I mean, it worked out well for them. <laughs> I mean, they got this epic guitar solo, right? I went in a little more feminine direction. I brought Johanna Warren's Rose Potion. Now I see you're not a perfect prism, just the perfect foil for my masochism. Tell me, do I look different to you in light of our little cataclysm? Would you call does it really make after all if we had another chance to do it right i'd give it all i have just like i did before when you left me with nothing at all i'm tired and i feel ashamed of how i've let my narcissism reign is part of the same game. I straight up lucked into finding this and like doesn't it sound like she is straight up gonna cast like a badass spell while she is like singing it's like very New England folk music and totally could be like modern day Salem like there's a secret um 
coven still in Salem and they definitely are like singing this song or something. It's very thematically witchy and potiony, but also like this lady, I can totally tell she has some crystals and probably some sage that she keeps around the touring bus just in case a venue needs just a touch of some smudging <laughs> because of some bad vibes or something. Right. Like it don't you totally get that vibe from this? Oh yeah, for sure. And we're definitely about to get in deeper into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one this one has some deep Joni Mitchell vibes, uh, giving me some goosebumps. Uh, I'm really particular about the wispy pastoral sound and folk songs. It kind of gets boring very quickly for me. But if you even vaguely invoke the style of Joni Mitchell, I'm going to be paying close attention. Uh, you know, there's something about that sparse, dreamy instrumentation underneath that gorgeous, yearning vocals, uh, even complete with Joni Mitchell's characteristic, like, yodely note bends that just tug at your heartstring with every syllable. And, uh, yeah, Joanna Warren's Mystic Roots go beyond just this song about a potion made of roses. I read that uh, she considers herself an herbalist and an energy healer and has done a tour <laughs> based around spreading awareness about plant medicine. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to uh, knock anybody's jam, but I think as a podcast hosted by a, by a healthcare professional, we should probably say that herbalism and energy healing should only be used in conjunction with the advice and treatments prescribed by um, an yeah, actual I'm... medical professional. <laughs> um, that said, I'd definitely love to go to her shows and I'd take any errant capsules of nondescript herbs that came my way. I mean, I'd be on board. I'm just saying, if you're sick, let's, in conjunction with other medical advice you can do your herbalism and your healing yeah like I'm, I'm totally about like you can have all the crystals and everything that you want and bring whatever will make you feel good because we don't you know what helps a person feel better is not just like the pills and stuff we get from the omni cell but like yeah it, it it's kind of like with prayer you know if, if that's your jam that's your jam but please go to i don't know some traditional um western medicine i guess it'd be western medicine you know the whole doctors and hospital things try that first and then just bring them both together just because i'm just gonna say sometimes sometimes people wait a little too late to get to the hospital part so maybe go to both of them at the same time how about that sounds good yeah exactly (laughs) um as you said the earbuddies really did come with like a lot of uh pretty epic songs this week mostly about the wizards and all that jazz so our first ear buddy is going to be courtney who brought pussifer's indigo children
So I remember some of the weirdest Books A Million customers were always buying books about indigo children, like, and really hoping and thinking that their children were indigo children. And I'm pretty sure that there were a lot of TV mini miniseries about indigo children in the mid 90s. I still didn't, don't even know what they are, but I think that they're like some sort of special child that are supernatural. And the books were always across from like the tarot cards and crystal mini kits. Uh, Pussifer always does have like a very specific sound that I do like. Like even in their most vulgar songs, they, you know, they're really listenable. And this just seems like one of their more mature ones that are less about sex. For sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely so. It's sort of a strange coincidence that I'd come upon this song after having just watched a movie last night uh, that dealt briefly with the theme of a mom thinking her baby was destined to be an indigo child. Uh, I had never actually heard of that before, but after looking it up and after seeing the way that it played out in this film, it definitely seems to be a sort of nefarious bit of woo thinking. I'm all for moms seeing their children as these like beautiful, unique little star children and reinforcing their creativity and individuality, but I got to draw the line at like crazy hippie moms denying or like reframing their children's disabilities because they think their children are like blessed with some sort of otherworldly gift in exchange for the disability or like they refuse proper treatment for their kids because some lady with crystals told them that their child's spirit is enough to overcome any illnesses. Um, you know, I'm all for the new agey framework. I love the idea of like tarot cards and crystals, but yeah, when your new age beliefs start hurting or disadvantaging your children, it's kind of time to tighten that yeah, up. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I'm all about it for everyone who um, has agency, and kids a lot of times do not have agency and also don't know, don't have the ability to question something, especially if it starts really young, and that's whenever any of that woohoo medicine, like, really gets um, gets me angry. It's like a, what is it, the, miner uh, the miracle mineral uh, cure or whatever it is which is really just a drinking bleach so like a lot of it was used against children and or not against I guess there right, were well-meaning yeah. people but they were being fed the wrong information and accidentally poisoning their children so yeah mostly I'm all about everyone doing their own crystal thing because they have agency until it comes to kids who don't get to make that decision so I'm with you on that one and what movie was it uh, it is a movie called Hungry Hearts uh, with Adam Driver. It's a very punishing movie, but very good movie. Where is it from? Uh, meaning, like, where did I watch it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on Netflix, maybe, or it may have been Hulu. Okay. Well, I got both of those. I, I got both remember, of those. But it's out there. I want to try it out. Hungry Hearts. Um, our next ear buddy is Brandon, who brings advanced bases summon Satan. You tried to summon Satan, but screwed up the incantation. And left an open portal on your parents' kitchen wall. And the demons you released that day stayed with you long you were. Screaming in your ear, kill them all. You can worry about the future. You can worry about the past You can worry about how long This curse is gonna last You were walking through the park one night Angry looking for a fight And you heard a busker playing accordion He stuck him twice and down he fell 
Concealed your passage straight to hell And you knew it once That you would kill again For a title like Summon Satan, this is like so cute. I didn't expect it. I just love accidental Satan summoning. It's um, it's really plausible, you know? You, you just dabble in some random book you find or something, and then you leave a portal in your kitchen. But, you know, I also like the kind of overall theme. is like, you can worry about the future, you can worry about the past, blah, blah, blah. But so even though it's definitely supernatural, it's very applicable and mellow. And it gives me somewhat... Did this remind you of Daniel Johnston? Because it reminded me of Daniel Johnston. Yeah, I think the sort of emotional vulnerability of the whole thing kind of kind of gets some Daniel Johnston-y vibes. Yeah, and something about the layering, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Advanced Bass is the newest project from Owen Ashworth. He used to perform under the name Cassio Tone for The Painfully Alone, which... Uh, me and a few other ear buddies I know uh, we're big fans of. Uh, all of his music is very emotional and evocative. And I love that this one kind of subverts the theme in a couple of ways. First off, it's very a, a very quiet and contemplative song, uh, which is a pretty stark contrast to most of the other songs about the occult and summoning Satan, which tend to be like upbeat and evil sounding. A lot of times it's mainly metal bands that are dealing in those sorts of themes. But this one's very calm and understated. And second, the songs, uh, songs about satanic spirits and, and, you know, that sort of thing, they're usually about the darkness of a summoning ritual or like the wrath of the evil spirit. <laughs> but this one's about screwing up the incantation and, uh, you know, you can't close the portal. And so all the demons are haunting you forever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's like some really interesting metaphors and symbolism to be gleaned from the story, but I think it reads perfectly well as like a literal song about screwing up your satanic ritual and reaping the consequences. <laughs> yeah, it's like whenever you get the wrong colored candle, something like small like that. Yeah, exactly. That'll just like mess up everything forever. <laughs> like, oh, you use a red candle instead of white candle. Yeah. That means you're not going to get love. You're going to get someone who's obsessed with you and then they're going to murder you in your sleep. Yeah. You know, those those regular old spell screw-ups. So, make sure you got the right candle, y'all. Our next ear buddy is Lauren who brought them's she put a hex on you. In the midnight hour she Alrighty, so this is the quintessential witchy woman psychedelic song, which I'm pretty sure they're like a ton of, for sure. Uh, very noodly guitars, and like, 
it kind of sounds like a little bit witchy with guitars and it gives me that like she put a spell on you reminiscence just because the similarity in the lyrics so you get a hint of i dream of genie but then it's like not like she might be on acid (laughs) (laughs) right yeah so yeah, the the band Them is mainly known uh, as the launching pad for Van Morrison before he went solo. Uh, but this song, I believe, was released after he had already left the band. Uh, even so, the song the song still has some cool stuff to offer. Uh, I always love the interplay between themes of love and magic. Uh, so many songs are about like love potions or putting someone under a spell or casting a hex on someone to make them love you or curse them for leaving you. And I think it's this like really relatable framework because I think if magic were real, I think the first thing that most people would try to do with it besides like manifest a bunch of money is to make their dream partner fall in love with them. And, you know, it also fits the feeling of like being in love as well, feeling love drunk and like dispossessed of your normal faculties. You're under someone else's control and whim. Uh, and while the music here is like mostly straightforward folksy rock, I love that shimmery, wavering guitar noise in the choruses. Sounds like a wave of magic overtaking your mind, or like it does kind of remind of the sound that happens when I Dream of Jeannie does her little, you know, cross her arms and blink, and it makes that weird shimmery noise. You know, that's kind of what that guitar sounds like in this one. It's just like a a really cool effect that kind of takes that atmosphere and the feel of the song up a few notches. Yeah, it's totally, like, a legit good song. Like, you know, I may have knocked psychedelic music a couple of times, and I still can't truly spell the word, but, (laughs) yeah, like, you know, it's got its good points. It's got some good points in there, just saying. Um, our Our next ear buddy is Metal Johnny, who brought Pagan Altars, The Black Mass. says here's a true cult classic from 1982 first of all geez wasn't this in the middle of like the satanic panic of america like who writes the black mass by a band pagan altar in the 80s when everybody thinks that everything is evil and every montessori school is definitely sacrificing children (laughs) so pretty ballsy move This must have been especially scary for the church folk because they got the Latin in there at the very beginning. It's got some very rhythmic guitars that you know are scaring some people, okay? It's definitely scaring. It just sounds like Satanism here. So uh, they took the theme of the Black Mass. They made it like super Black Massy and, you know, nice for someone to embrace uh, the Satanic panic and terrorize the churchgoers. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um... 
So yeah, someone in the comment section said this sounds like Black Sabbath with Bon Scott, like the old singer of ACDC. Uh, Black Sabbath with Bon Scott singing. That's actually pretty damn accurate. Uh, ever since Black Sabbath originally hit the scene, every heavy band has drawn some influence from them, whether it's the iconic guitar riffs or the creative use of dark lyrical themes and imagery. Uh, if you ever hear me talk about stoner rock or doom metal, just know that almost none of that would exist without the influence of Black Sabbath. Uh, an interesting tidbit I found out about this band is that uh, it's actually a father and son who formed this band, which is pretty unique, especially like in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, it was kind of rare that your parents would even let you listen to music with dark occult themes, much less a dad wanting to start a metal band with his son and actually like lean into those occult themes. So that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all about jacking your music from, from Black Sabbath. Everybody's done it. <laughs> well you know i think that this band did a, a a good like a good riff on it and then here again i'm gonna knock greta van fleet they don't do a good job of you know taking influences and reimagining them agreed yeah. yeah sorry i know somebody likes greta van fleet and aren't your buddies y'all should tweet at us raise your hand show your freak flag it's okay <laughs> um, show yourself so we know who to kick out? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're you're allowed to watch. Uh, you're allowed to listen to the show. We're helping you. Uh, Timothy brings October Country's "My Girlfriend Is a Witch." Like, I Dream of Janie, Bewitched, Sabrina from the Archie comics before the Netflix show. It's, like, very boppy, and it's got, like, the weird sounds of, like, just that early rock and roll type of thing. And I just, it, it makes it so sweet. I love it. And then he's going to, like, get revenge by turning into a warlock somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one, uh... This one's almost just a straightforward rock song on the one hand, but there's a lot of little subtleties that kind of set it apart and give it some some extra oomph. Um, first of all, that bass line is just like so massive and driving that there's just like, there's no listening to this passively. Like you're going to be bobbing your head, shaking a tail feather while it plays. Uh, I also love that very staccato punch of the verses and the sort of stop and go feel of the chorus. Makes the whole song uh, very high energy. Uh, you feel like if you don't keep pace, it's just going to drag you along, like it or not. Lyrically, it hits all the key points of the theme this week. It's got the witchy woman riding through the sky on her broom, casting spells and sending telepathic signals, making her boyfriend want to be a warlock. 
you know, it's, it's fairly simple. It packs a lot of raucous energy and, and witchy vibes into that brief two minutes. I'm, I'm in for that. It's an adorable two minutes. I love it. I think it's so cute. That's just, you know, I like that soft core Satanism. <laughs> that's going to be the next, uh, my next album is going to be soft core Satanism. <laughs> I think that's going to be the show title. <laughs> um, uh Lum is our final ear buddy, and he brings eternal champions invoker. They call the ones who would trample and crawl upon bunch of hardcore kids that love Robert E. Howard and H.P. Lovecraft stories and Killer Rift supposed to do start an epic power metal band. This song is about killing an evil sorcerer before he can summon an elder evil of some sort. It's full of riffs and Conan the Barbarian energy. It fucking rules. This is just epic. It's just like a totally epic song and I love it so much. This is just so epic and sweeping. It makes me want to actually read those like Lovecraft songs and they're like but you know the hard sounding bands with like the long hold notes are just about the best like if you can be a hardcore sounding like band but then have like that vocal ability which means you probably aren't out in the back alley smoking all day i'm pretty proud of you (laughs) yeah yeah power metal like this is like chocked full of fantastical elements uh usually like warriors and dragons and swords and magic uh, the vocals are always very over the top and dramatic in power metal, but it at least serves to like accentuate that the grand drama of these like epic fantastical themes. Uh, next to the epic tales of mystical realms, you know the guitars are almost always the real star of any great power metal band. But interestingly, this song doesn't really have much guitar shredding, at least not until the end. It kind of leans instead on like the monolithic chugging of the guitars to like drive the power and drama instead of like a blindingly fast guitar solo and i think that that might be a function of these guys coming from a hardcore background uh because hardcore music typically doesn't have a lot of shredding guitar solos the power is just relentlessly heavy rhythm guitars so so i think it's interesting to see how people with a hardcore background kind of translate into power metal even though one of the most characteristic aspects of of power metal is not one that exists very much in hardcore music. It's kind of an interesting dichotomy there. Well, I think it's like legit amazing the way it sounds just because of how, I mean, literally sweeping it is. It's absolutely amazing. If you want to give us your softcore Satanism picks, I totally am going to need you to tweet at us. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. 
and I'm at Madam Wolle, and the show is at Andy Pod. The Facebook group is Earbuds and Earworms Podcast Group, and the voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or... 731-400-2837. You can email the show at endpod at gmail.com. And you can also check out, you know, my tries at making websites work intermittently at endpod.com, part of the 10710 Network. What is our final song this week? All right, I'm going to leave us with the band The Sword and their song Tres Brujas. Uh, so I've already mentioned the influence the Black Sabbath had on a lot of bands and The Sword... Uh, the sword is one of the most prominent examples of that influence in a more modern context. Uh, this song comes from a concept album that they did that tells the story of a planet that's like locked in a rotation that's kind of half scorched the it's it's scorched half of the planet and left the other half like perpetually shrouded in darkness. And so the album follows the quest uh, of this one guy who's sent on a magical quest to restore the balance of the of the planet or whatever and you know this is the second track on the album uh, in which our hero has a prophetic vision that he will meet tres brujas three witches uh, along the journey and they will help him or hinder him in various ways uh, the guitar riffs are ripped straight from black sabbath uh, but the lyrics make for some some really cool imagery and atmosphere so uh, yeah, this week we'll leave you with a prophetic vision of Trace Brujas with the sword.
welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy. I got a couple crystals, Shepard, and this is... Mitchell Manley, purveyor of the dark arts. 